If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I believe that our players, our players are committed to the PGA Tour. And you've heard from players directly uh, with statements that they've made and interviews that they've had. And I also have a pretty good sense of every single player and where they stand. And like I said, we're moving forward as a tour focused on continuing to build and grow the PGA Tour. That is Jay Monahan, commissioner of the PGA Tour. Well, I think does a good job. And... Uh, Kind of on the tour side of all this, I'm sure inside there are some issues that players have and can work out, and it seems like there's open airs on the part of the PGA Tour. It's a different sport than others, uh, but they certainly have developed and grown, and obviously the dollars are real on the PGA Tour. The success of the tour it cannot be denied right now. I think uh, even though it's a kind of our backyard thing, it is a global entity in a big-time way, and it's only gotten bigger and only getting bigger uh, with all the young players at the worldwide level uh, in the sport of golf. Brett Martineau here at the Yards at the Tesori Family Foundation All-Star Clinic. So fun in commercial breaks, popping out and seeing the kids hitting the golf balls and having a blast. Uh, Bubba Watson's here as well. Uh, Mark Leishman, pro golfers, of course, along with uh, Paul Tesori, local guy, uh, grew up here. Uh, him and his wife, Michelle, do a fantastic job. Their little guy, Isaiah, is just uh, uh, terrific. And uh, Paul Caddy's for Webb Simpson. In the past, we've had Webb here, Jordan Spieth here. Uh, so highly supportive on the PGA Tour amongst the players. And this is not just a Jacksonville thing now. They spread it throughout different stops on the tour. So they continue to do uh, great job. If you missed it earlier, you can go back and subscribe to our podcast, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Check it out on YouTube as well. We had Paul on the show in uh, the first hour of the show along with Bubba Watson. So had some fun with those guys talking about the tournament and the conditions uh, that they are about to endure coming up uh, over these next four days as well. Brent Martineau here, Austin Lane, back in the Action Sports Shack studios, and Casey Kurtz back. Good to have Casey back in the saddle after getting married on Sunday. All right, guys, uh, football at 5, and I'm going to get to football in a moment, but I want to continue something that I couldn't get to in the last break. Tiger Woods goes into the Hall of Fame. You look at Tiger Woods, impact of the game of golf, the sport of golf, might not be a bigger figure. And I mean, he's produced a generation of successful golfers. Yeah. Uh, the way we see the tour right now, I mean, it's like his tour. I mean, he created these players that he now competes against when he's healthy. Uh, so impact is amazing worldwide. Uh, grow the game, dollars, all this stuff. I mean, from a, from an athletic standpoint, take the personal stuff and off-the-course stuff aside. He's, he's been a phenomenon, and he's one of the most fascinating athletes of all time to watch. I don't. Do you guys think impact on the game also is the same as ambassador for the sport? Has Tiger always been good that way? Do you have to kind of uh, conduct yourself in the right way off the course? Uh, would you put him as ambassador, even the, because he's been um, 
so influential? Or do you think of a guy now, and this is how I got here, is Rory McIlroy, who every time the guy gets in front of a microphone, I say this, and I think John Bachman tweeted it again today when he talked about Tiger Woods. I think Rory McIlroy is just phenomenal. And I can't find many faults. He's a fantastic golfer. He's a star on the worldwide level. But he's so good at promoting the game, um, trying to say what's right, not really having a filter, but saying it in a transcendent, transparent, um, and appropriate way, whatever the topic. I, I feel like I look at Rory as more of an ambassador to the sport and Tiger as just this impactful figure on the sport. And I don't know if I have it right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I hear ambassador, I think of someone that is going to represent said sport or said product that can propel it to a new echelon. And if that's the criteria that we're going with, then in my opinion, no one has done that more than Tiger Woods. Because like, if you look at the sport of golf before Tiger Woods and then after Tiger Woods, like kids played the game. Like I knew what golf was. I watched golf because of Tiger Woods. Now, I think, like, Roy McIlroy is definitely, like, that big figure now, and he's, like, the, the, the new school guy. But in terms of just notoriety, in terms of just the household name and representing the sport, I don't think there is no other bigger ambassador than Tiger Woods. Okay, so I say that, and I think of that word, right, impact ambassador, those kind of words, um, growing, you know, all those things, when I think about golf. But when I think about football or baseball or the uh, basketball, I don't know if I think of it like that. And so it got me thinking a little bit today, like who are the great ambassadors for basketball? Is LeBron James that guy? Has he been that guy for the last two decades? Yeah, I mean, I think LeBron James is definitely that guy right now just because He's, he's a global figure. You know, I mean, I think you make an argument that Yao Ming at the time was a big was, ambassador for the, I was thinking the same. for the sport of basketball just because he, you know, he essentially carried an entire country on his back and inspired, and inspired a, a country, um, you know, to, to play basketball. And then, you know, other players came from that. So I think Yao Ming um, is definitely up there. Um, man, I mean, I think Kobe Bryant's another big name. Obviously, Michael Jordan is, is, is probably the biggest, I would say. And, and it's kind of ironic because you put Michael Jordan in the same category as a Tiger Woods, like in terms of, you know, media friendly, in terms of, you know, like the good guy. Like, I mean, Michael Jordan was a lot of things. I don't know if he ever gave you like the, the best interviews of saying, hey, like this is a wholesome, genuine, good guy. It wasn't about that. It was about winning championships and inspiring the next generation. Michael Jordan did that more than anybody. So uh, I think he shares a lot of characteristics there with Tiger Woods. So, I mean, if you're asking right now, it's LeBron James. If you're asking when I was a kid, then it's definitely Michael Jordan. Yeah, I think you just brought up a very interesting thing. Michael Jordan, I, I think you're exactly right. From a globalization standpoint especially, right? People wanted Michael Jordan's shoes. They wanted to be like Mike, the commercialization of Michael Jordan. And what's fascinating to me is I think as much as their games helped grow, Tiger and Michael Jordan, it's almost like their fashion did too. The shoes for Jordan, the style for Tiger. Everybody dressed like him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's pretty wild how fashion played a role 
in if they are an ambassador or their impact on oh, the game? I mean, in in terms of, of culture and influence, fashion is one of the biggest things that yeah, you know people gravitate towards. Uh, style, music, um, attitude, swag, if you will. Well, fashions are in that category as well. Uh, yeah, true. Um, what about baseball, guys? Is there that? Right now? Casey, Has there been? You want to take this one? I mean, give me somebody. Give oh, me somebody. Ken, Ken Griffey. Yeah, I guess. Um, I think it's Shohei Otani. It's not even close. Right now, yeah, Otani yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you view him in that sense, though? Is he changing? Is he growing the game? Is he. Oh, Otani is a great example, right? Um, from a worldwide standpoint. Did. I, I guess Griffey did grow interest in the game, um, promoting the game, creating a new generation of players. Baseball's tricky with that right now. It, the youth is not all in it. But Griffey with the hat backwards kind of stuff. And um, I guess you're right about Otani. I'm not so – I'm not a – I don't have as good a feel as I should. I feel like he's a global star, Casey, but I'm not sure, like, people in the United States are like, I want to be like Shohei Otani. I think that – in that term, I think they might not say, I, I don't, I want to be like Shohei Otani, but I think they say, wow, I can pitch and hit. I yeah. can do both those things. Correct. So I think there's kids probably, even relatively older kids, that are like, hey, I can do both at the same time. Why not? Because he can. See, like, yeah. I look at Shohei Otani, and if I was a kid, I'd be like, yeah, well, I can't do that. Like, that, that guy's a freak of nature. Look at his size. Look what he can do on the, on the baseball. Like, it's just, it's, it's insane. I look at Ken Griffey Jr., and I'm like, okay, the swag, the style, like, I can try to mimic that. I don't think kids watch Otani and say, I'll be the next Otani because it's so hard to do. But I think they watch him and they're in awe of him, yeah. much like I am. And, and that's a good thing as well. It's kind of like the Steph Curry-LeBron James effect. You, you can watch LeBron James say you'd be the next LeBron James, but are you really? Are you going to be 6'8", almost 280 pounds, and, and, and have hops like they can jump through the gym? But you can watch Steph Curry and say, I can be the next Steph Curry. So I think it's more of in terms of, you know, a polarizing figure where it's like, well, this guy is so just out of this universe that I'm so enthralled with him. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. I like that. Okay, our most popular sport in the United States is football. And I'm not sure football has that person. Is that because it's not a global sport per se? I think Mahomes is that guy. Was Brady that guy? As an ambassador? Yeah. I mean... I think, especially in New England, definitely. I think he was up there, but but see, but he he's more of like he's the he's the polarizing figure, like in terms of a villain. Like, yeah, LeBron has some haters as well, but like Brady was engulfed with haters. You know, it'd be like Derek Jeter. Like Derek Jeter was big for the game of baseball, and you respected him, but you hated the Yankees. I think Tom Brady has that effect even on a global level, where it's like you respect what Tom Brady did, but he played on a team that you probably weren't cheering for. I think Patrick Mahomes is the, is the easier decision here because I think the Kansas City Chiefs are universally liked. I think Andy Reid is universally liked, and I think Patrick Mahomes' style is also universally liked. Yeah, I'm trying to go back. I mean, I just think it might be more tricky in football because, again, it's kind of a United States game. It's not a global game. I mean, there are it's a global impact to a degree, but not like the other sports. Mm -hmm. and, and so I, it's a harder thing to get. Give me somebody from a fashion standpoint in football. Like to me, you got to go back to like Bo Jackson, Joe Burrow. 
plenty of swag for Joe. Joe Burrow. Not yet. It's too early on Joe. It's close. Is there a fashion? Kind of. Is, is there an impact there in in the sport of football over the years? It doesn't have to be right now. Yeah, it's Cam Newton. Yeah. If you're talking about fashion, like there was more concern about what he wore to the game than how he plays. That's a good question. Hey, that's good, Casey, but I'm not so sure people are saying I want to dress like Cam. No, but I think there was – see, I, but I think people gravitate. Like when Cam was – when Cam was an MVP contender and when he was playing the Super Bowl, like the way that he carried himself – the way that he dressed, his style of play, really. I mean, you have essentially a tight end playing quarterback. Yeah. Like, that was new. So so I do think that actually did inspire. Because remember, he was in every single commercial for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was everywhere. He just didn't sustain. No, for sure. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, to be an ambassador of a sport, you have to be one of the best players of said sport. Yeah, so yeah. There, there was a time where Cam Newton was definitely that guy. And then obviously, you know, the, the playing ability went down. And then he was kind of an afterthought. Yeah, that's a good call. Anyway, it's, it's an interesting deal. I mean, obviously, we know how big Tiger Woods is. Um, but it's some sports don't eat it as badly as others, I guess. I mean, uh, Tiger Woods became such a star that they wondered if the tour would survive without him. Who's, who's the biggest ambassador right now in the NFL, would you say? I, I like where you went with uh, Mahomes. Okay. Casey, who you got? But I, I almost wonder if Mahomes gets hurt by, like, the family stuff. Fiance and brother and... Yeah. Like, is he going to become an annoying figure almost, by, guilty by association? I mean, it doesn't bother me. Is he cool me. enough to trump that? I mean, does everybody oh, want their I mean, style really like Patrick Mahomes? Hey, I, I mean, it, but if he keeps having no-look passes, like, that, that'll that speak for itself. You know, if you keep winning football games, throwing touchdowns, winning people fantasy football championships, the rest, the outside distractions of, of his fiance or wife, whatever it is, and, and his brother... That's all secondary, in my opinion. Yeah, probably you, true. Casey, who you got? It's weird because, like, I don't feel that way about Patrick Mahomes, but okay. there's not one person. Like, if I think about the NFL, I don't think about a person as an ambassador. So, hmm. like, I don't I don't even know where to begin. I, I would say Brady till the earlier point, but he's gone now. So there's not, there's not one person that sticks out of my head, to be honest. Hey, let's get South Beach Gary. I think he's got a thought on this, so jump on in at 904-362-9901. South Beach Gary, what's happening? Hey, guys, you know, Brent, I know you're a big Tiger Woods fan, but I don't consider Tiger Woods a great ambassador. I disagree with you, Austin. Simply the fact that he was so surly with the media, the, the, the cursing and the club banging on, on the golf course. He was even called out by the chairman at Augusta for his actions, saying uh, to, the, to those who's much given, much is expected. Great player, yeah, but not, not an ambassador of the likes of Jack and Arnold or Gary Player were signing autographs real friendly, Talk to everybody, you know, in the moment. Tiger was all about his records and himself, and uh, I look at it different than you, Austin. To me, that's that's what an ambassador is, and Tiger doesn't fit that category to me. No, I mean, I, I get you there, South Beach, but to me, an ambassador is a guy that can try to convince me to watch said sport because I didn't grow up with golf. You know, like, the only reason why I followed the game of golf was because of Tiger Woods. Like, all due respect to Jack Nicholson and Jack Nicholson and everybody else, but, like, I didn't watch the sport because of those guys. I, I grew up watching golf simply because of Tiger Woods. Yeah. Well, I'm not talking about his ability, Austin. I realize what he, the money he's brought to the game and all that. But as far as his, just his personal 
No, I, the way he came, you know, Brent, you know how surly he, he's been and the, the, just the way he was with the media and he wouldn't sign autographs, doesn't play the, doesn't do the par three in Augusta like uh, but, all the others Yeah, did. but it, South Beach, it, it, it just... But you have to keep in mind. We have different definitions of ambassador. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think a job of an ambassador is to get new eyes to said product or influence people to, to follow you. And I think Tiger Woods did do that. Uh, South Beach guy, I appreciate the call. And that's kind of how it started, too. It's like it might be a little semantics. Impact ambassador, people might view it as different things. I do think right now they currently, the what McElroy says, what he represents, how he holds himself, how he plays golf, people look at that as in an ambassador way, kind of like the Nicholas's and Palmer's and everything else. But if Nicholas and Palmer's, I wonder if they played in the Tiger era with the social media era, with everything else years later, would we feel at? exactly the same <laughs> I, I wonder about that about all the athletes not just those two so um uh it's it's, it's an interesting conversation that got me thinking today i it, impact is is massive of course for tiger woods all right i want to get to football at five and, and i want this uh jump in on this topic real quick guys nothing long i feel like the indianapolis colts are super overrated as an organization I look at the Colts, and at times I've been guilty of it. Like, hey, it looks like they got a good thing going, you know? They had, uh, obviously, they got Manning and Luck, and then they got unlucky with the Luck situation. But they get Chris Ballard in there. He's doing a nice job. When Grigson was in there, I don't think he, he was, he was an interesting character. Uh, he actually won a couple, I think, uh, division titles, um, but that was with Luck, uh, mostly. But Ballard is viewed as like, hey, good move, this, this guy, this, great decisions here, look what they've done. Frank Reich, good guy, right? Uh, they have a lot of good players on their football team. But if you really start to look at it, I mean, they choked the heck out of the, the end of the season. Couldn't even make the playoffs with that football team. Made a terrible decision, as it turns out, it appears on Carson Wentz, by getting uh, given up the, the pick that they gave up and for the cost of, of the contract of Wentz for what they got. So that wasn't a good decision. I just read somewhere... Uh, I think it was Darius Leonard, actually, the linebacker, the fantastic linebacker for the Colts, who said that's five quarterbacks in five years for the Indianapolis Colts. Mm -hmm. I mean, how good can they be at their jobs if they can't find the right guy? And, by the way, they can't make the playoffs. And, by the way, they've got plenty of money still in the bank while they're not making the playoffs. I don't know, man. I get, I mean, I get this sense. Are they? Are they... I feel like the perception on the Colts is they're a very well-run, good organization, and these guys are really good at their jobs. Are they? I do, yeah. I mean, I think they're a quarterback away from doing something special. You know, okay, well, and, we're in year I, six. Okay, but I appreciate what Chris Ballard said. You know, he said the quarterback position is the one position that you have to keep firing away until you get it right. I think a lot of GMs would have saw what Carson Wentz did and say, all right, maybe he was hurt. We can bring him back. We can see what's up, and, and, and we'll be fine. But he didn't want to do that. He, he wanted to try to elevate that position. Now, we'll see what becomes of it. We'll see what the plan is. But I'm not going to fault the team for trying to find a quarterback. I mean, Phillip Rivers was the guy, but then he, he was done. So you had to find somebody else. So, like, I, I think in terms of drafting, I think they're pretty good. I think in terms of free agents, I think they're pretty good. I think in terms of, you know, trades and, and how that gets handled, besides having Carson Wentz, I think they're pretty good. I think right now all this team needs is a quarterback. And if that's the case, then I think you've done pretty well for yourself. Like, I look at this Jaguars team, yeah, you need a quarterback, but you also need a new culture. You also need some more guys on defense. You need more guys on offense. Like, there's a lot of holes right now on this Jaguars team, and there's, it's been like that for a while. 
I think with the Colts, there's not a lot of holes, at least, you know, on paper. It's just you got to find that quarterback. Yeah, and listen, by the way, this is not a relative comparison to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think they're being compared to the Jaguars. I think they're com- being compared to the elite organizations in the NFL. And quite frankly, they had a lot of ammunition to build their roster for years because they had Peyton Manning, then Andrew Luck, and they didn't have to worry about the quarterback spot. Well, now they've had five years of a pretty good roster, and it feels like they might be wasting it. And the window's not closed, but they can't get it done. I mean, and l- l- let me ask you this. What's they might more- be a quarterback away, Austin, but they can't get the right quarterback. Okay, well, then what's more pathetic? The Green Bay Packers winning one, going to one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers or the Colts not going to one but not having the quarterback yet but having a team around him? Uh, you said what's more pathetic? What's more pathetic? Having the best yeah, yeah. quarterback in the league and Aaron, having the former MVP only winning one Super Bowl or only going to one Super Bowl or having the Colts situation where they have a great team but they can't find the quarterback? Um, I f- it's a good question. Uh, it's I would Packers. say, yeah, it's the, pa- it's the Packers. Yeah, I'd say it's the Packers. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, the problem is you can't look at it in that length of time. I feel like you got to look at it over the last like handful of years, where the Packers, especially, have been very, very good knocking on the door, just can't get it done. Uh, instead of the full landscape, because if you go back through, like even when Rodgers did win the super, win to the Super Bowl, go to the Super, well, the Colts had two, but that was with Peyton Manning, and a lot of these guys aren't there that were there. You know what I mean? The Ballards and everybody else. So if you really take the last five years of it, um, yeah, I would say, yeah, you got the guy. And by the way, the, the Packers have a lot of good players too. <laughs> like they have a lot of other good players too, and they still can't get it done. So. Uh, yeah, I would say the Packers are a bit more disappointing. The Colts feel a little bit to me, and and by the way, San Francisco, like San Francisco, and like the Lynch and Shanahan thing, where they get hyped and talked about, but have they delivered? Well, I, what I would say about Shanahan and Lynch now is a uh, Super Bowl runner-up and an NFC Championship in a few years is still pretty significant. The, the Colts haven't even sniffed that. Yet it feels like they're like this marquee organization, I guess is what I was going after. I mean, I, th- I think it's a, it's a testament to maybe like how impressive it is when you haven't had the quarterback and you're still considered a, a marquee organization. Yeah. The Colts go through quarterbacks like Trent Baalke goes through head coaches. There it is. We'll be back. Boom. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. got to be in many ways shocking to him, staggering to him that this kind of happened, whether the writing was on the wall or not, that they actually moved on from him. Because going back to Frank Reich and in that system and in that coach that he has such a great relationship with, in many ways was supposed to revitalize the career. And I think, Laura, in some moments it did. In some moments it did. We saw an on-the-field performance last year that for a 12-week stretch was pretty darn good. We've talked about the numbers from week I think four or five to week 16, he was top five in the NFL when it came to QBR. So Carson's got to look at this situation and go on the field. How can he, six years into his career, become that more consistent player that we saw for that three-month stretch last year? Well, Carson Wentz, one of the big stories in the NFL today as he moves to Washington and the Indianapolis Colts trade him and now open up their own game. 
for who they could get at quarterback, and they have uh, a lot of options now. Could go middle of the road, could go very good in the Deshaun Watson uh, situation, could get the Jimmy Garoppolo kind of uh, quarterback. Maybe you trade for Jordan Love. Maybe you get Trubisky. Maybe you draft one. Uh, they could go in a lot of different directions, uh, but uh, we'll see what they do. Uh, would you say this, Austin? It's make or break year for Carson Wentz. Does he start in the NFL if this year doesn't go well, or, or is he going to still be a starter somewhere in the league for the next few years at least? I mean, I think if you, if you look at the turnover of how the NFL is at the quarterback position when you aren't exceeding expectations, um, you, you only get so long of a leash, and I think Carson Wentz is getting close to the end of that leash. So I think if he's in Washington and he doesn't find success um, and it's much of the same, and I keep in mind, I mean, the Colts did have some success. It's just, you know, he couldn't capitalize in the big moments. But I feel like if Washington can't get the best out of Carson Wentz, then, yeah, he, he might be looking at a backup situation then. Uh, one other thought, by the way, on what I was saying and what we were talking about with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Mike Chappelle, I think is how you say his last name. He covers the Colts, does a really good job. Um, he says, or he just tweeted uh, about over the cap was talking about something. He tweeted, Colts have budgeted $107.9 million on quarterbacks in the last three years. Most in cap space for QBs over that stretch. 27 and 22 record, zero playoff wins kind of is a bit reminiscent of the Jags, right, with Bortles, then Foles. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I guess you'd have to add Minshew in. Yeah. Like, you look at their record, like, what would that be, 18, 19, 20? 18, 19, 20. Yeah, 18, 19, 20. Three years, that that record would be a heck of a lot worse. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> with those three guys. And with the Foles money and then even the money for, for Bortles, it, it's – it's probably up around somewhere between 80 and $100 million that Jack spent in that time frame um, and, and got a worse record. Brent Martineau here at the Yards. We're uh, live for the Tesori Family Foundation All-Star Clinic. It just wrapped up, actually. They beat the rain. They had some sunshine, had a lot of laughs and smiles uh, with 25 kids um, with special needs out here on behalf of the Tesori Family Foundation, having some fun, hitting the golf ball, and putting around a little bit, uh, Bubba Watson, two-time Masters champ here as well. Uh, some other uh, PGA Tour pros and uh, Paul Tesori, his wife Michelle, little Isaiah, all putting it on uh, for the eighth time here in the Jacksonville area. Uh, plenty of support, really good day, a lot of fun. Uh, check my social media feeds in tonight on CBS 47 and Fox 30. We'll have more on it uh, coming up. Plus, Tiger Woods has arrived at the World Golf Hall of Fame. Actually did oh, some hour, hour and a half ago now. Uh, Stuart Weber was over there. We'll have full coverage tonight of Tiger Woods' induction into the World Golf Hall of Fame. We're going to get to our players' picks in just a bit. I have this uh, – I, I have allergies a lot. I tell you, you guys, you guys know that. Do you have allergies at all, Austin? Nothing major, no. I mean, like, I might have, like, a runny nose every once in a while just for no reason. But, uh, no, nah, I, I don't have allergies. All right, so, uh, Casey, how about you? Uh, wasps and bees, as we've discussed, but that's not what you're looking for. <laughs> no, that's not, not what I'm <laughs> That's probably for. even worse, though. Okay, so I have it so bad sometimes that, like, I just will look for anything to, to figure it out. I've tried the honey stuff. Sure. I actually got uh, uh, sinus surgery. That really helped a lot. But, like, this time of year, it really beats me up. January, February, March especially. I think it's, like, the oak pollen that is the worst. But um, at night... Like Steph will like I'm not I haven't been traditionally much of a snorer, but 
with the allergies, it really kicks it in. Okay. And I probably snore more than I think, but uh, the allergies really kick it in. And so I got like these nasal strips. I, I've probably had them now a couple of years. And so when it gets really bad, and I'll put them on. Mm-hmm. So have you ever tried this? Oh, yeah. Nasal strips go hard, man. I mean, I put every NFL game with nasal strips. Yeah, I love those things. So have we talked about this before? I'm not you, sure. You played, you played the, you played games with nasal strips. Yeah, a lot of players. Okay, did. so so here's what it's, it's, here's it's what that I want to know. Effect. Did he do that? Oh, Brent. Yes. He played with nasal strips, huh? Yeah. I gotta pay attention to this stuff. You do. Okay, so here's what I, every time so every time I put one of those things on. Yes. Like instantaneously, it's like whew, I can breathe. Yeah. And so every time, so I'm about going to bed, or it's in the middle of the night when I put it on because I can't breathe, so I, like, go to the bathroom and get one. And so I'm not, like, I want to look this up. But every time I'm like, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to talk about it. What's the technology, the science? Like, how does that work? It's like putting a Band-Aid on your nose and it works. Like, why is that? I just think it, it, is it opens up your, your passageway, right? Because when you put the, the strip on, it applies pressure and it opens up the airways. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm a scientist, huh? I don't know if you got it right or not, but I just I like that's what right. I think about when I'm going. I'm like, why? So why can't you just put like a piece of tape? I mean, maybe you could. Like, why wouldn't Scotch tape work? I mean, maybe you could. Is it sticky enough? Yeah. Yeah, maybe you need the adhesive because maybe the oily skin and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And so I'll tell you what. Now sometimes that sucker's tough to get off. No, for sure, without a doubt. You have to use, like, uh, we used to use rubbing alcohol, and it kind of, like, made the stickiness go away a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. that will do it. Yep. Yeah, man. Like, they're huge in NFL locker rooms. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And why? Because the same reason you wear them, because you can breathe better. Huh. Would you use them more, like, in a place like Denver? No. Would altitude matter? Nah. I never got to play in Denver. They always seem to play us here in Jacksonville, so I wouldn't know that. Okay. But, like, it just, you know, I mean, <laughs> endurance and cardio is a big thing in football, and unfortunately you don't yeah. really train that that much because you're training for, like, a seven-second play. But if you're 12 plays into a series and you're still out there and Joe Cullen isn't hearing your prayers to come out, I mean, you have to rely on something, and nasal strips were that thing. I wonder how I wonder how far back that is the nasal strip thing. I mean, I'm not. Sure. I know Ray Lewis. You just said so. He's like a, a big name that did it. Yeah. But I wonder like how far of a trick that is. Much like we talked about recently, the smelling salts. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, that's a great question. Like when did? Because I think, like, I, think we I, I don't know if nasal strips, strips are like. It, did somebody come up with that in like 1995, or has that been around since like 1955? Yeah, I'm looking it up right. I mean, it's kind of hard to find because I don't know if they're really that big anymore. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I can't uh, find the answer though, unfortunately. Maybe Captain Rick knows the answer. I wonder if they use them on fishing trips. Captain Rick Rouse, Florida Sports and Fishing Report. Uh, the science behind nasal strips amazes me, Captain Rick. That's how we got here. You know what? I may know a little more than than uh, than you might think about that because 22 years ago, I weighed 50 pounds more than I do now, which is hard to believe. But and I snored horribly, and Debbie Riles made me wear them, and I'll be it, it cut down on snoring dramatically. Hmm. How about that? Because I had yeah, more sir. air coming through my nose, and um, there is a little metal piece inside that increases the pressure. And 
And Austin's right. It's exactly what it does. It opens up your your nasal passages and you get more air through. So I know I can vouch for the fact they've been around since 1998. How about that? So it, and it is a big sleep, sleep apnea thing. So, but you, so there is a little piece of metal in there that's, yeah. that's adding to the pressure. Yep, yep. Huh. And it, and it adds the pressure that. and it opens up. But anyway, let's talk fishing. And it won't take long because there's not a lot of fishing <laughs> to, to talk today. That wonderful weather. And we had just a couple of days ago, and we caught a marlin, and there were all kinds of tuna being caught. Now, the last really good catch was yesterday. Uh, the Jody Lynn 2 had a limit of tuna, uh, which means they had, I guess, that would have been 16 for their crew yesterday. And they had a couple of real nice mahi and a sailfish to make up a good day. But it got rough, and it stayed rough, and it's going to stay rough for a while. I don't see anything to like for the next few days for the offshore fishermen. I think the inshore fishermen are going to be able to fish on Friday. I think that'll be the best day out of the next week. It's March. It's going to be windy. we got to get through it. But we'll be back tomorrow to check in on it again with another fishing report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing and CSS Landscaping. Thank you, boys. And I got a nasal. I got a few nasal strips left if I get weight if you need one. There you go, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Captain Rick. Appreciate it. Thank Florida Sportsman Fishing Report. Educational program. Here we are. Uh, by the way, our man Bob the Boy, he just texted me. He said they were invented in the 90s. I actually interviewed the inventor when I was a sports reporter in the early 90s. They were made for sports actually to start with. Hmm. It's amazing. Learn something new on the show every single day, everybody. Like I tell you, I could have just Googled that probably. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Well, again, I mean, when I'm thinking about this stuff, it's like one in the morning, man. I'm not, like, Googling at one in the morning. You mean you don't have your cell phone by you at one in the morning? Uh, it's, it's like it's on the charger, so it's I got gotcha. like arm reach. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, Casey, breathe, breathe right strips? Yeah or nay? Never used one. Oof, you're missing out, man. I can breathe. You're a bigger guy. You, you a snorer? The hell does that mean? <laughs> Bigger people are usually snores. I have no idea. I'm asleep. <laughs> well, I don't know. You're I'm married now. You'll soon find out, I guess. Well, Amanda's never snore. said anything, so yeah. I don't know. Casey, you don't talk to you like that. You, you don't snore. I'm saying. I don't snore either. I don't, I, I don't snore. I don't hear me snore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love when stuff works. It's so simple. I wish. Imagine coming up with that. Like the breathe right stuff or yeah. whatever it is. Imagine, like, seriously coming up, like, hey, I think this would work. Boom. How simple. You think he's a millionaire? Yeah. <laughs> a millionaire? Seriously. Heck, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. Hey, I don't. Oh, careful. All right, maybe not a billionaire. Yeah, because I've never heard of him, so. <laughs> You've heard of every billionaire? Uh, I mean, I, I know a couple of them. Yeah. Let's make a million on the players' picks. Calvin Ridley, you're not a, 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 you're not invited here, though. Uh, <laughs> players' championship picks. Actually, he could probably bet on the players' championship, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe. I don't know what the rule states. Can you just not Ask bet Roger. on football, or can you not bet at all? I think it's just football. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Throw some money down on who, Calvin? We'll be back. Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. I saw the play. The kid pushed him twice, and he swung around and hit him. And I think it was inadvertent, but that's okay. 
No, I don't think he hit. I just, just, he just swung around and had, there was contact. The kid pushed him twice. You can't just let people push you around. Hmm. All right, I saw it. That was Jim Beheim. Mm. Wow. And I was at the Players' Championship, and I didn't see. I saw, like, a quick little blurb on, I guess there was some shoving going on with uh, in the Florida State game. By the way, Florida State got absolutely crushed today by Syracuse. Wow. I mean, it was a 39-point loss in the ACC tournament. Yeah. I mean, holy cow. But uh, I don't. I didn't see that part, Casey. How, how bad was it? Um, was it was it was Beheim's son, right? Yes, it was Buddy. Yeah. So, was it was it bad? Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I saw Lafonso Ellis. I think was, he kind of was very critical of it. Yeah, I mean, was, was it like one of those plays going for a layup, or was it just like after no, a whistle? So it was. Um, it was a jump shot from Syracuse, and uh, they were boxing out for the rebound, and my guy decided the best way to get a rebound was punch the dude square in the area you don't want to get punched in. Oh. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, it's oh. pretty low. It's pretty oh, low. Oh, man. It might have been, been stomach, but it was it it was definitely low, and um, it wasn't your casual uh, box out. Oof, arrest that man. Wasn't great. By the way. Hey, one other note on the nasal strips, uh, another n- nugget of knowledge by Bob the Boy, and now I remember this clear as day. It was Jerry Rice who actually wore them back in the 90s. Remember that? Okay. Yep, yeah, makes sense. I, mean, I think a lot I of did, guys I do. Did. Yeah. Yeah. That's come, it's a cl- more clear picture for me now. Okay. Uh, nasal strips dominating the show today. Um, Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. A few minutes to go here on a Wednesday, the eve of the 2022 Players' Championship. We're at the yards, which is oh, about a, I don't know, maybe a couple par fives away from TPC Sawgrass. It's where the Sorry Family Foundation All-Star Clinic was today. It's all wrapped up now. The weather, they survived it. Uh, by the way, weather was an issue today at the event, at the, at the Players' Championship. Practice rounds, 2 o'clock, got some lightning in the area, so the course was cleared. And then uh, at 4 o'clock, 4.15, they closed the course to the public for the remainder of the day. So keep an eye on the First Alert weather app. Keep an eye on CBS 47, Fox 30, 104.5, WOKV, Mike Barish, the entire team uh, over these next few days. Weather is going to be an issue. Everybody knows it. But they're still going to get golfing, and it is going to be a pretty wild ride, I think, for the 2022 edition of the Players' Championship. Is it time for our picks? I I am down. Casey, you ready? Well, I think the show's almost over, so, yeah, I think it's time. Let's get it. What what did we do last week? We did golf picks on Tuesday. I was so wrapped up in, like, your wedding. Not really. uh, That I forgot who I picked. Excuses. Uh, you, you, You picked Ricky Fowler. And you won the week with a grand total of six points. Oof. Yeah. It's a rough one. Even when I lose, I win against you guys. Oh. Yep. Yep. Keith Mitchell's terrible. And uh, Jason Day just couldn't participate. Yep. Yeah, well, that was I, – I took. you know what I did, Casey? You weren't here for it. What you got? But after Jason Day had to withdraw, he, he lost his mom, right? Correct. I believe that's what it was. I have no idea. I didn't see it. I, I mean, it was a death in the family, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, yeah, I, well, I think it was. His, I mean, there was – I don't think he confirmed it, but that's what people were saying. I mean, this okay, guy, so Evan Priest, was, said really sad news. Jason's day mother passed away. I think Evan Priest works for Golf Digest, so take that for okay. how you want it. So, um, so I told Austin, I was like, listen, I mean, those are extenuating circumstances. You can pick somebody else on the board. Yeah. 
And he said, nah, it's all right. No. Okay. I mean, who you pick so, is who you pick. Yeah. I mean, um, I just thought those were, that was a little different than like a withdrawal because you ran out of nasal strips. Right. <laughs> For sure. That'd be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by the way, by the end of this like half hour, you, I, you better I be should have an endorsement. I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no one's somebody. mentioned no one's listened <laughs> to nasal strips in like ten years, and we talked about it for like you know six segments. Give me the brand. What is it? Uh, Breathe right, probably. I'd yeah, say Breathe right is. is the one. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, all right. So anyway, we didn't do that well last week. Let's no. try to do better this week. Uh, what do we got, Casey? We all know about TPC Sawgrass, wide open, the complete field, a little like the Daytona 500. Anybody can win, but there are some favorites, right? There's there's the Justin Thomas back-to-back opportunity. There's John Rahm. Uh, I don't know where your guy Patrick Cantlay uh, mm-hmm. is is in the mix. Hadn't played that well the last couple of times out. I don't think, even though he was playing like the best player in the world. What about Scotty Scheffler? He has won two out of the last three. Rory McIlroy, he could do it again. A lot of ways to go here, guys. It's a deep field, big names. What are we thinking, Casey? Uh, yeah, we're thinking this usually isn't a favorite event. The last two winners have been favorites, but it usually doesn't go that way. Um, it's been tough on the PGA Tour the last couple of weeks with the weather and the wind and all that. And uh, I'll go with the guy that's played well the last two weeks. Historically not great here. Uh, an opportunity for me to really not dislike this guy because I've said some things about him uh, in <laughs> private. But hopefully he can steer me the right direction this way, and I will take Gary Woodland. Oh. Gary Woodland. Let me, let me get How can a you say that bad about Gary Woodland? Because I thought he okay. So after he won the U.S. Open, I played him in DraftKings a bunch, and then like he got he was horrible, and then he was really cheap. So I was like, all right. So he's let me down a lot um, in daily fantasy. So I gave up on him for a while, but he's back, and uh, I'm just going for it. He's played well on tough courses of late. He well, I looks like Mark t- Ruffalo. Not that's important, but anyways, go ahead, Brent. He, uh, he actually made a huge eagle on the back nine Sunday at uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And then on the last two holes, gave it right back. Yep, that does happen. This is a boomer bust situation uh, when you're down. Let me turn around here. Yeah, 1,906 to 484. Let's go. So you really need either Let's boom go. or bust. So I'm going with Gary. <laughs> I like that. Gosh, I'm winning big. Yep. Didn't realize it was that big. All right, Austin Lane, what you got, man? Man, I don't even know here. Um... You know, you like, could go, want to go to, like, Taco Lou or something. No, I, I, I did that last year. I was Tommy Fleetwood. Come on, uh, man. Come on. Uh, oh, um, I say what? I'm just talking about Fairway Jesus. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, like, rain is a big <laughs> part. A bad pick. Rain is a big part of this event, obviously. So I could go, like, who looks like a meteorologist, but that's kind of milking it in. I could go who is the most likely to carry an umbrella in their picture. Yeah, that's kind of milking it in. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of milking it in as well. So what I'm going to do is, who is the most likely, if they were going to win this tournament, to make it rain in a club? (laughs) Oh, boy. And especially a Jacksonville club, which has a certain type. So as I'm going through the list of a person who would most likely take their winnings from the Players' Championship and throw it away in the club, go ahead and give me Cameron Champ. I can pronounce his name. Good-looking dude. Let's go with him. Camera champ. Camera He's champ. A bomber. You don't need the bombers here. But uh, I've picked champ before, been disappointed. He's very inconsistent, isn't he, Casey? Yep. That I'll leave it at that. Sounds like a winner. Was he not? It's not a good pick, Casey. He you know, he, he's very inconsistent. Yeah. No, um, no. Keep in mind, Casey, as a player's championship, the field's wide open. 
I, I agree with you, okay. but it's not open to camera champ. <laughs> so it's closed on camera champ? Yeah. Well, Everyone's getting in except camera champ. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Oh, I can't wait. I, I, I hope I'm going to put some money down now just because you said that. Please don't. Okay. Bro, I'm just trying to I ask who people have at the players. Tone says my umbrella. I like that. That's good. <laughs> that might be a good one. Yep. Uh, by the way, I'm going to Victor Hovland here. And I'm t- yeah, I'm taking a favorite. Oh, That's okay. Goodness. Oh, give me a I like break. Him. Is he I like him from weather. He's strong. He's like the, yes. You're yeah. joking me. Well, I'm just, I want to win big here at the players. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and by the way, I also got to play this game on TV. And so there's a little more on the line than just trying to hold off YouTube. What's on the line? Pickers. Probably, a, well, probably like a fedora or something. More. Probably some hat accessory. Uh, don't worry. Those guys are too cheap on TV. They ain't playing. I saw it. your little but, pick silhouette. Do you yeah. pick the same guy? Oh, yeah, that's him. Uh, that's you'll definitely. find out tonight. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> find out tonight, 11.15. I could have had two picks. <laughs> find out tonight, 11.15 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. We'll have some TV coverage, action sports shacks at the players. All right, guys, we'll do it again tomorrow. Round one of the Players' Championship tomorrow. We'll join everybody from TPC Sawgrass. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.